let me know when we're live and I'm about to press I enter. I click the button. Send. It says, you're live. Woohoo. Hello, troll room. Hello. <laughs> Such degeneracy. Hello, Jake. Hope you're doing well. Jake, Jake, Jake. <sighs> Jake, Jake, Jake. Matthew Newman was here. I don't know if he's still hanging around somewhere lurking. Everybody's lurking these days. You know, I, I really don't even know how much chat being active affects search results. The streaming stuff on here, and I wish YouTube would push this a little bit more. Yeah, um, right. I wish That's they would push. Yeah, they just shorts is like that thing that seems to be the, what they're pushing the most, but it's frustrating. I'm going to. Sorry, I'm setting up everything. <laughs> you're good. You're good. Hope everyone's having a good night. Hello, Jenna. Welcome, welcome. Good to see you again. We two just nights let in a row. Anyone in here? I know. You're not. I had to defend you. Joseph keeps telling me I should take away your mod status, but obviously I'm not going <laughs> to do it. So. Got to just for one day. Down just syndrome day. podcast. <laughs> Uh, we didn't even talk. We should have brought that up yesterday on technically stream. What's uh, that? The the thing about the neurodivergent podcast. Oh yeah, dude, we gotta create it. I need you to create that image. Um, yeah that that commenter legitimately. I th I think you won. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't even. There was no pushback. Yeah. You. Were <laughs> I just. You know, said, oh, you didn't know? We're the number one neurodivergent podcast of the universe. Yeah, sorry about that, Jenna. Not, that's the thing is, like, we we try our best to straddle the line of talking to chat, but also maintaining our podcast status. Um, mm -hmm. It was, I think it was definitely hard for us in the beginning because for a year, two years, basically, we didn't do this live um so having to learn to like watch the chat and then um you know to be honest i was just happy to be not the person in charge of making sure everything was running correctly it's kind of nice it's, it's probably the best thing about being on other people's streams is that you pretty much just get to sit back and relax. You can listen when you want to, or you can turn, you know, turn your your ears off for a few minutes and check on stuff. Or uh, it's it's very nice. It's very very nice. You got that right. I wish there was a way for me to monitor chat. I don't think I'm gonna be able to monitor from my end, even on my laptop. I think I'm gonna need a uh, extra monitor. Yeah, it would probably be a good idea. You've gone too long with that one as it is. Yeah, I'll have <laughs> one this upcoming week. At least I'll have my docking station. If I have my docking station now, it would be fine. But well, whatever. I'm glad you liked the stream, Jonah. Yeah, I we had a really good time. Uh, it, it's nice getting to talk with people. And, uh, you know, we were talking about it before we went live, but doing our best not to be argumentative, uh, overly argumentative, I would say. 
Um, yes, being respectful. Yes, technically Mexican likes The Last Jedi. Uh, when he was on our, our stream a couple months back, he, he mentioned it, and I went, really? Ooh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which again, you know, we've we've joked a little bit, and I've I've bugged him about it uh, on his streams before, um, but it's I mean it's fine, man. Like, look, it's not like I I'm gonna uh, remove a friendship over the Last Jedi or you know anything really. Um, he liked Dead Reckoning more than we did. Spoiler. <laughs> yep. There was there was this this one cat in his chat who was like, oh spoilers. And, you know, my, my brain and the way that we are, it's like, hey, if we're talking about this, there's going to be spoilers. Yep. Like, if you care that much, just stay stay out of a stream that's talking about it. Like, why are we going Why are we going to dance around the topic to appease people? Like, I, and again, that's just us. Like, I, and, and Joseph and I we were talking about this, too. We have a very specific brand at this point. Yeah. Um, we're branded now. Yeah, we the way that we do things, I think, is just a little a little bit different. Um, yeah, we don't. I think we were mentioning before the show I hate so. uh, that we're not just going to say, "Oh, this is woke garbage." We're right. Explain well. Let, let that may be true, but let's talk about why and explain yeah. why this is bad. Yeah, the and, tro- and what happens? We may not always be right, but uh, the troll room is there. We're never to wrong. do that. You know what I mean? Like that's why yeah. we have the troll room. They get to to say they get to go wild with all that stuff and uh, argue with each other and argue with us and you know uh, get mad at you for your Indiana Jones takes and <laughs> just like whatever the case may be. Uh, and that that's that's kind of what we like. And I was, I was telling my boss today, I was like, you know, one of the reasons that we like having the troll room is because it really does kind of weed out a lot of the people that we probably don't want there anyway yep that are just going to get upset or you know it's like our our very first stream when we did the thing with new better do better there was someone who came in and was like oh this is harassment or whatever whatever they were saying oh maybe they're like oh this is toxic or whatever and everyone was like get out (laughs) and it's just like if they knew what was going on it's like we we're just talking we're not about even this. coming out at him. We're just talking about his argument. Not yeah, him. yeah, exactly. Like, I, dude, it's that's the thing is, it's it, we're talking about movies. Like, this doesn't have to get personal. Everyone else, I, and this is a, a running pattern on our stuff. Everyone else makes it personal. So if yep. if you start it, we're probably gonna try to end it. But that's yep. the thing. It's like you walked into you like walked through our door. Like we're not the we're not the ones that are 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 starting that that whole like beef or whatever. Because to be honest, neither of us have the time to care. Nope. I'm not gonna make time for stuff like that. I just it, if if I like you and we have a disagreement, you're like, well, let's let's have a conversation or whatever. It's like, great, let's do it. But when you come in like demanding stuff from us, we're just kind of like, yeah, you know. I still can't believe Every now and then I think about that and I laugh. I know. You know? It cracks and me up all the time. He, dude, oh, I didn't tell you. So I, I got, I, you know, I get nostalgic about these things. Um, yeah. So I I went to check on uh, Do Better's page. Dude, he's, well, I, you can't, it doesn't exist. But he was like trying to grift some class where he was like teaching about Tolkien. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I think he actually does have a pretty good head knowledge of that stuff. 
He um, does. But it was one of those things that he, you know, he's like, oh, take my class. And I was like, Ugh. Like, I don't know, hey, man. I mean, if it works for him, I mean, I don't. It, know, well, it if didn't there's even... people who are interested in that, you yeah. know, I, then they can take it. But I'm I think s- there's a lot of free material out there. Uh-huh. To where it's not necessary. I don't think it worked because uh, I clicked on Just, it and it went nowhere. It was like a dead site. Uh, so. Well, maybe he personally blocked you. Oh, maybe yeah, maybe he just like <laughs> yeah, it's true. But I well, I was no, on a different uh, account. I wasn't on the uh, underground one. I haven't even checked to well, see if we are still blocked on there. That's the weird thing because I think his stuff is set up to be bad to teach you about Tolkien. His like free TikTok. So it's like well. It's it's kind of self defeating, I would say, imagine in a way. But hey, hats off to him if he makes money. I mean, one of the things like since we started the podcast that we've been about, even with people who come after us, is let's try and humanize them. Sure. The very first time that we even talked about him was like, hey man, good job on getting your bag from going over to the Amazon yeah, thing. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, we 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 didn't realize he was popular on TikTok because we didn't have one at the time. We only had YouTube, and he had like less subs than us than we were at the time. Yeah. 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 And so we were like, hey, man, you got there just having 300 subs. Hats off to you, dude. But, you know, then from there, it seemed to – I'm sure some things can be boiled down to miscommunication, but I'm sure he's an all right dude. Like, no ill will there. I hope he succeeds in everything in his life. But as you said, but if you come through our door, we're going to show up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And – Again, it just went back to like, hey, I've got questions about the the nature of your trip and why y'all seem, why everything points to the opposite of what you're saying. And all he wanted to do was debate us about Tolkien lore. And it's like, we're not on the same wavelength, apparently. Uh, it's like, do you not understand what I'm asking? And he clearly yeah, did. But then, yeah, he's like, he just wanted to throw his, like, head knowledge out, and it's like, dude, I don't want to sit and, and listen to you talk about that. Like, that's not, like, Tolkien lore's not my thing. Like, I don't want right. to I don't want to sit there and listen to you do that and be like, oh, you don't know this? It's like, no, I don't know this. Like, I never, we never said that we were experts in this. It's like, you did. Um, the We want to talk about the other stuff. No, David, I am an expert scholar, <laughs> researcher, professor with Tolkien so stand corrected no uh, no you're right I mean it's like even with as much as I know uh, the source material and I've read it and all this other stuff right it's still one of those things like I don't have a channel that's dedicated to it to where that's what I spend most of my time doing I say most of my time or even just like a weekly time doing that you know what I mean so quite clearly you know, you're probably going to have the edge on me, maybe. You still may not, because I've seen some of his stuff, and I'm uh, and I'm like, well, I disagree with this here and this there and everything right. like that, but... And then plus my memory, bro. Like, I forget, like, Narsil and Andrew, you know? Right. So. um, Matt was asking, do they like us? What was that in reference to? I've, I'm not exactly sure. I don't know who who likes us. I mean, people like us, I guess. So, yeah. <laughs> well, well, the monitor, the TikTok chat too. You want me to do it? Yeah, I'm not able uh, to. Won't let me do it from the app. I don't have from my laptop. Hang on. Uno momento. Do, do, do. I don't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't bring my laptop up here. Oh, I don't want this to make noise. Okay. 
Uh, Let me go back. Well, the problem is that if I monitor it, well, hang on. Maybe someone in the chat, maybe Jenna <laughs> the, can make herself useful. The underground. And, there we go. And we Jenna live? can monitor the chat. And it, no, no. Actually, Jake, you monitor oh, the chat. We. That's a bad idea. <laughs> Jenna, do not. <laughs> Y'all like us troll room. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we... <laughs> dude, he's going to get his kick for, off TikTok. Yeah, um, I, I guess I, for those who are on TikTok who don't know, we have... Uh, the, we uh, call our chat, sorry, chat room the troll room. Where people, you know, are free to troll and have fun. Okay, uh, just obviously keep it respectable. But, and we also utilize a value for value system here, which means that if you feel you're getting value from the content we put out from our TikTok clips um, or our YouTube videos or our podcast, you can donate via your time, talent, and treasure. Treasure meaning your money. You can click our direct.me link and there you'll see our paypal link donation uh link and donations of any amount makes you an automatic producer of the corresponding episode donations of a hundred dollars or more makes you an associative executive producer donations of two hundred dollars or more makes you an executive producer of the corresponding episode and that can be in a one lump one lump sum amount or a cumulative amount just let us know we reach that we'll keep it on the honor system and these are credits that we will vouch for that you can put on your resume imdb and anywhere these credits are accepted and if you have any sort of talent or time to put into help us developing our platform whether if that's creating artwork for us we've had some people do youtube thumbnails um, any type of audio editing uh, if there's any movie or show that you find interesting sometimes on our discord uh, quite often, actually, we'll ask, hey, what would y'all like to, us to review next? So we really enjoy everyone's feedback. So that's basically Absolutely. the rundown of the value for value system. It, it allows us to keep most of our content, um, especially our podcast, advertisement free and our main YouTube videos uh, advertisement yeah. free to where we don't have to worry about uh, our free speech being encroached upon. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's it's not a problem anywhere, and no, you're not it's getting like, what is you're not what's it worth to you? You right. know what I mean? Is it is it worth like five dollars, one dollar, five hundred dollars? I mean, that amount we can't say exactly. It's just what value are you getting from it? Is it worth me not having to shill toasters or you having to sit through annoying ads before watching a video on YouTube? You know what I mean? Like, what what's yep. the time worth to you? Do you um, want us to sell you Kamikoto knives, or do you <laughs> want to be a lord or lady of Scotland? Speaking of, today's sponsor is Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> I mean, listen, people do it. It's just we're attempting to go in another direction. That's all. That's that's all it really is. Um, you yep. know. <laughs> Jake's like, I could use a good toaster. We'll go buy one. Hey, though, but for real, if you're looking for a... I was just thinking about this. Uh, I got a notification on my phone, an email from Brio Beardscape. Dude, their trimmer... I don't know why people mess with mans <laughs> Manscaped. Dude, that, that thing is terrible. But the Brio Beardscape, man, if they wanted to be a sponsor, I mean, it'd be hard me saying no to them, but... <laughs> Well, uh, thank you. That's my favorite trimmer ever. 
thank you jenna for the five dollar donation um we appreciate it we'll eventually be able to actually take that money out of the the account when it hits a hundred dollars <laughs> <laughs> I was We're texting getting a earlier closer. where I said, like, hey, we made five dollars yeah. this month for YouTube. Hey, I'm the so you- proud of us. The YouTube shorts are paying a little more than than they did. Yep. Um, so that's that's good to see. If we can get some of those uh Lord of the Rings numbers coming in for those it's not it's still not gonna be great, but that's it's better, you know? Yep. Oh uh, yeah. Anyway, Welcome to episode 143, I almost said 142, 143 of The Underground. Thank you all so much for being here. Our only topic tonight is going to be Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. Um, As far as I'm aware, I didn't know if you were going to bring anything else to the table, but I'm totally fine with us just talking about... Not just Mission Impossible. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, Joseph, let's start with your history with the series, because to be honest, you didn't really get to talk to. I, I didn't. I'm not sure you talked too much about it on, um, uh, technically Mexican stream, and I, I'm curious about your history with this this franchise that's been running yeah. since 1996. Yes, I first started watching them. Shoot, man, it had to be. Let's see here. 2020, actually, I think is when I first started watching them. Now, I say that and maybe I I watched it when I was younger and I just don't remember. But I watched all of them from one to when did actually this will help me. When did the last one come out? Not Dead Reckoning, obviously, but six Fallout, right? Uh, Fallout 2018, 2019, 2018, 2018. Okay, so I think I watched. I think what happened actually now that I remember is I watched all of them up to that one and then watched that one and then in 2020 watched them all again. Um, but I think my favorite one by far in a way, I think the best one is number two. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, man, I, I enjoyed most of them. I mean, obviously the second one's better in the second half. Um, three is a bit wanky for me. Uh, but I do enjoy me. I know uh, some people will probably hate this, but I do enjoy me uh, number six. But man, it's hard for me to say if which one's the best in the series. I think the argument's probably there for five, but um, what would you say? I, If I was to do my ranking, I would... Man, that's hard. <laughs> it's hard to do a ranking because so, I like five. I I know like a lot of people don't consider six to be that great. Uh, hang, just, hang, wait, hang hang on. You're like all over the place. Yeah, because fall Fallout is six, and Fallout is probably widely considered, at least in the modern era of Mission Impossible, to be the best. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize that. <laughs> that's a lot of people I talked to at least that was. In oh the, no uh, way, dude. Uh, yeah, no, they're dead wrong. No, so I was gonna say uh, six is by far and away my favorite, <laughs> even if other people don't consider it that. And then I was gonna say I probably have to give the edge to the first one as far as number two, and then five, and then obviously, uh, oh well, I guess there's this one. I probably would put. <laughs> dang, this is where it gets hard. I guess this one because the recency bias, and then three, and then two. Um, okay. Am I missing any? I don't think so. Um, I'll tell you mine in a second. Uh, Jenna would like 
to know uh, with a, a donation of one ninety nine where the fran- the point on the doll where the franchise touched you, Joseph. Um, uh, Jake Henry Cavill is in Fallout, which is number six. Um, which he's excellent in. Uh, as far as my ranking, it's probably. Six one five, which is uh oh man, this is tough. I don't, I don't know. I like Rogue Nation's Rogue Nation kind of has to go in there because well, you don't even need. Like, Fallout kind of can stand on its own. It, it does harken back to a lot of stuff that's happened in the, in the franchise. Uh, there's some really good character moments with characters from the past in that one. Um, and a lot of them sort of... So, like, Ghost Protocol... The, the, the biggest problem is, like, Ghost Protocol is fine. Um, and a lot of these movies are kind of in that five to six range for me. Um... Because I enjoy them, but not because they're necessarily good. Um, right. Like tra- I would say, tra- like what I would consider traditionally good. Um, they're a lot of fun. Uh, there's a lot, of, and most of that is because of the really crazy stunts and the action scenes, and the characters are all um, pretty interesting. It's just when it comes to a lot of the writing, you just it it it's kind of all over the place. Uh, it's it's better in some places than others. Um, the, even the action in is better in some places than others. Um, I think, uh, cause you watched all, uh, oh, I watched all of them, all seven before. of them in almost 24 hours. Dang dude. Yeah. Uh, you know, I haven't done anything like that in a while and I was like, screw it. I was like, just in case there's like callbacks to certain movies. I want to at least have some idea. Um, Ghost Protocol has probably the weakest villain. Uh, that's four. Um, though two's villain is really weak too, but he's more memorable, so I, I guess that would give him a slight edge. Um, right. Two is definitely the worst, and then everything other than one and six, to a degree, can be in any order in that. They can be pretty interchangeable. I find them all to be on equal footing for the most part. I don't know if... Like, I would probably put Rogue Nation, uh, which is number five, up a little higher just because of what it does for the story. Um, And then I like three a lot because of Philip Seymour Hoffman, but he's only in maybe ten minutes of the movie, which was a terrible idea. Um, I think that movie would have... gone over a lot better if it really had been like him versus Ethan. Um, mm-hmm. And he go he goes out in probably one of the most anticlimactic ways in the series. Uh, d- uh, second only, I think, to Ghost Protocol. Um, and I'm going to spoil the end of Ghost Protocol, so jump ahead about 20 seconds if you don't want to hear this. Um, the villain in Ghost Protocol... So they're they're fighting in a uh, a car port, this like electronic car port, 
so and the cars are coming up and down and, and going to wherever they're supposed to be going. And he's trying to use a nuke. Or is that Rogue? No, 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 no. It's Ghost Protocol. It's Ghost Protocol. Um, he uh, he's trying to use a nuke to to like reset the world essentially. Um, there's this running theme throughout the series where that it's like the more suffering, uh, the greater the uh, potential outcome for the world to be better on the other side of it. That's like the kind of the ideology that runs through this like rogue group of um, agents throughout Ghost Protocol, right. Rogue Nation, and uh, Fallout. And um, in order to stop Ethan from accomplishing his mission, he he throws himself off of like the fifth story of this car park with the the, the briefcase. When the smarter thing to do would have been to throw the briefcase off of the carport and try to stop Ethan from uh, getting to it after that. Yeah. So it was, and, and I, I remember watching it and just going like, what? I was like, I don't even remember that. I was like, I can't believe I forgot that happened. Um, That's too funny. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, uh, you know, when Ghost Protocol came out, everyone was like, the new era of Mission Impossible, which to some degree is true. But there were definitely some things in that movie I'd forgotten were in there that was like, ooh, that's not so great. That wasn't that was not a great decision on their part. Um, but I love Fallout. Um, I hadn't seen it in a while, and it is. And I said this on the stream last night. It is the exception, not the rule, in that franchise. Yeah. Uh, it. It just outclasses nearly all of the other movies. Now, it's more of a personal thing when it comes to the original original Mission Impossible versus um, Fallout. Mm -hmm. Because I totally understand if people are like, no, the first one's still my favorite. Because um, it feels like a movie from a different dimension. Yeah, it really does. It it's it's really really good. If 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 Troll Room or anyone listening to this, if you've never seen the first one or it's been a long time, I highly recommend going back or watching it for the first time. If that's the case, um, it may be the most grounded of the series. Very much so. It's got like one thing at the end that you really kind of just have to be like, okay, we'll just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it yeah, I, I, it's really cool. It's very much like an espionage thriller. Um, it's not like crazy car chases and shootouts and, you know, I mean, the big iconic thing from that is when he uh, drops down into the room, like suspended in the room um, to, to get the data off of the CIA computer. Uh, it's, it's pretty oh, cool. Yeah. And um, in, in a weird way, man, it's like you go back and watch that and, and talk about like a low stakes movie. I mean, the, the stakes are still kind of high in it, but... It's not like the threat of nuclear annihilation. Yeah. Um, so You're it's remember more than I have because I haven't seen those in years. Well, yeah, it's it's fresh in my mind. I w I probably wouldn't be able to if I hadn't watched uh, watched them this week. But uh, we are here to talk about Dead Reckoning Part One, which it depending on how all of this stuff with Sagafra and. Um, the uh, the writers guild as well no that's sag that's screen no that's screen actors guild sorry yep. uh ugh. 
all the acronyms. Um, Joseph, uh, you know, I was I was happy to to. It was kind of a funny way that we found out we felt pretty similar about this movie because yeah, we didn't talk about it until uh, technically Mexican stream. And I I still wasn't sure where everyone was kind of going to land because I I was going back and forth where I was like, well, there's things I like and there's things I don't care for. Yeah. And I found it ultimately to be kind of a mixed bag. Um, yep. That's that's exactly where I landed. For me, it's one of those things that it's one of those movies that is a good popcorn flick. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like con- I, I honestly, I had a really fun time watching it in the theater. Yep. It's um, a fun which movie. Which we'll get into. Of there, there was one uh, particular scene that broke the immersion for, for me and took me out of it. Outside of that, I think fun wise, you know, you think about the pacing for the most part, the action sequences, things like that. Kept it fun and entertaining, yeah. And some of the the, the comedic breaks uh, to bring some levity to it mm-hmm. help. But I think overall, it's it was a mixed bag for me. Yeah, um, the scene that you are, I think you're referring to, is during the chase, right? Uh, when they're going around in a, in a circle and they let yes. it go just for a little too long, where you're like. Okay, once is pretty like once, yeah. The second time, okay, that's pretty funny. Oh, a third time, it's like okay, yeah. like yeah. Especially like if you were gonna do it, I don't think it should have been done at all. I think they should have just kept it going. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think I I'm pretty much in agreement with you. I thought the the first two sort of uh, silly moments in that where you think I you know talk about doing something that's like a small subverting your expectations of a spy movie that I I thought for you know comic uh levity worked pretty well where you think they're going to get in the really really fancy car and then it's like the Fiat 500 um which yeah and for yeah. those who before we continue uh for those who are new to our podcast and who are watching on YouTube or TikTok uh, when we talk about movies, as we said earlier in the stream, uh, we're going to spoil them. That's what we do. We're going to review the entire thing. So just as we go forward, just be aware. But yeah, no, I I thought that was pretty funny that you think it's going to be the fancy car and then it's that small mm-hmm. yellow Fiat. Uh, I thought I thought there was going to be some type of, you know. S- speciality about that you know some type of Uh gadget was gonna have or you know it was gonna become a transformer and 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 morph into a boat or something like that or a submarine uh but yeah so i was kind of disappointed that that didn't happen to where it was gonna make it like more valuable than that fancy sports car yeah but yeah definitely when they were spinning for forever that really is what took it took me out because you had that moment of oh it's the the yellow fiat and then they take it down the stairs uh, where everyone's at. And I'm like, Oh, that's funny. And I think that kind of, that makes sense because you're just showing the sequence of things that are happening. But then once it gets to the part to where the villain is in the Hummer and uh-huh. then uh, Tom Cruise and oh, what's her name? Grace. I should say Ethan Hunt and Grace <laughs> just spin around in circles for forever. It was just like, oh, come on guys. Like yeah. that's, you missed me with that one. Yeah, just it, 
there are definitely that could it could have been a tighter movie overall. I think I think they the opening they spend a little too much time before you finally get to the opening credits, um, which are still great. It's one of the things I love about the series is the way that they do the opening credits, where it's like you're getting little pieces of the movie um, as, in the credits. Yeah, yeah, as the stuff is so like going guess, on. It's a cool thing. I you guess, don't see that in anything else, really. No, you don't. And I guess starting out in the very beginning before the movie played what do you think about the director <laughs> and Tom Cruise in that opening um so i didn't realize that they had done that for top gun maverick cuz i didn't see it in theaters um, i didn't see it in theaters either so i was like but apparently they had that. like a 2 or 3 minute thank you in that and you know they had it at the beginning and ultimately i'm i'm pretty like neutral on it though i would just prefer to get straight into the movie i don't Mm-hmm. really need that from the actor and director um i think you can do marketing material that is them talking about how thankful they are for the the fans um and for everyone coming out to see their movie and supporting them uh i i think that's probably the more appropriate way to handle it because that gives you good press as far as i'm concerned and it gives you goodwill with um people who are potentially interested in seeing your movie right uh i I, instead of what we get a lot of the time where they're talking about like the movie changing your life uh because they casted you know the this person and they've never seen themselves in that kind of role before i mean like i'm thinking back to like uh what was it uh eternals as like some pretty bad marketing yes um and I every it, pretty much every Disney product and the marketing where they're just constantly attacking fans. I will, yeah. Say, I think this stands in a stark contrast to that. Like I'm right yes. there with you. I'm fine with it. That's great. It was. I, I thought it was a nice touch. Hey, thank you. Like that's fine. No problem with it. I've been fine without it, and it been used as marketing material in that way. But you know, I think it stands in stark contrast to everything pretty much yeah. we're getting from Hollywood right now where it comes to TV shows, movies, a constant attack on, on fans. So I think uh, credit where credits are due. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, Matt Newman in the troll room mentioned the reboot of Charlie's Angels where they basic... You Do you remember this? It was like a meme going around where they're like, this movie wasn't made for men. And then, then the other one is like, why is no one going to see Charlie's Angels? <laughs> <laughs> Birds of Prey. Yeah, that was another one. Uh, yeah, it, it's this whole thing that they're doing where it's like, and Marvel's obviously the biggest example of this, where you had a massive fan base that got multiple movies to a billion dollars. Endgame is over, and they're basically just throwing middle fingers to their fans after that. Dude, like we, they're know? like, we don't want you anymore, you know? Yeah, and, and on that line, the consequence of that, do you know what the last truly Disney movie is that made over a billion dollars? Uh, like no, I purely, heard, purely I heard Disney. Re- I heard this re- recently. It was Endgame. It was Endgame. Okay. Because Avatar is a Fox holdover. Because Disney right. bought Fox um, for like nearly $74 billion. Um, but yeah, so Endgame, what, that came out in 2018? Yes. Was the last yeah, yeah, yeah. Disney Some, movie that made over a billion dollars. May of 2018. 
I, I had what you get when you're constantly calling your friends, all your your fans, I should say, all sorts of ist and phobes instead of as yeah. we talked about before in the past, like you should be, especially to the hardcore fans, I say catering to them, but yeah, catering to them, like giving them what they want. Like you, those are those are the ones that made your IP that you have what it is. Exactly. Uh, and they're, yeah, they're, they're just not doing that. And it's, it's frustrating. It has been, uh, I'm curious to see if everything going on with the, um, uh, uh, the name of the movie just slipped my mind. The one with him, uh, John, uh, John Caviz or wait. Oh, the sound of freedom. The sound Jim of freedom. Caviezel. Yeah. Jim Caviezel. Oh Lord. <laughs> Oh, my! I could feel my brain like dying, and I'm like, "Oh no!" Try to save it. it. Just couldn't save it. We're supposed to be Christians here, and you can't remember the lead actor who played Jesus. Oh, well, that's the thing is, I always remember. I remember JC, and then I'm like, "Uh, <laughs> yes, Jim Caviezel." Um, yeah, Sound of Freedom's doing really well, and I don't know. I I don't know if it's just going to be another one of those things where this is a uh an, a random occurrence, and we kind of go back to all this other stuff or if people are going to start moving into lower budget, more interesting. Yeah. Um, so keeping the budget down and hoping that what ultimately happens is that you, you just, you make a lot of money on the back end uh, from ticket sales um, so that you're, you're not trying to, because Sound of Freedom, man, I mean, I, I don't, I think if this movie had come out at any other time and it didn't have the kind of press that it did, I don't think it would be doing the numbers that it's doing. No. Just to what, be, What know. helped, what helped was the corporate press coming out against it, like, yeah. why is everyone in Hollywood in the news media coming out against a movie that's a, about a true story regarding bad things happening to children? I don't know if what I can say on TikTok or YouTube. Right, right, I feel you. Um, but uh you know and it's like uh that's 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 that must be projection you know what i mean yeah it's definitely it's definitely possible nefarious about it to say the least but i mean i think so all that to be say said with them opening the movie up saying hey thank you for being here we appreciate it i was fine with it yeah i don't think that tom cruise looked fat like was mentioned last night uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or whoever it was i thought it was just fine i guess i just wasn't looking that deeply into it yeah i don't know i i've seen some like yeah i don't i don't know man um i'm 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 glad that it's doing well don't get me wrong i just every time stuff like this happens i'm always just a little cautious about what it really means for the industry or whatever the case may be Right. Um, we we get uh, a lot of the stuff that happens. It's sort of that you know flash in the pan moment, and then we're kind of just back to the same old stuff. Um, because yeah, like Sound the... of Freedom was a holdover from Fox as well. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, again, would it have done as well back then? And it's it's dude. Honestly, I don't know. Maybe it's just because of the world that we come from. Um, but. Everybody in in our circles has been talking about uh, the subject material from that movie. Sorry, we are trying to like skirt around some of this stuff. Um, the subject material of Sound of Fre- uh, 
Sound of Freedom uh, for a very long time. And it's so it's 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 weird for me and I it to get to wrap my head around a little bit that there were a lot of people that were like oh I'd never heard about this before and uh, and it's great don't get me wrong again don't get me wrong it's awesome that people are coming to this realization the only thing I'm saying is I was like a little taken aback by like how many people were like oh I had no idea this kind of stuff existed and it was like dang um so I don't know where yeah. where that like ultimately you know how, what the ultimate lesson is to be taken away from that is like did was it not pushed hard enough was it only sort of within like our like church spheres you know um cuz i don't know if you remember but it was it was a big thing for like passion city for for a long time like that was their big push was uh ending uh trafficking essentially oh yeah i remember that and like we even did something in college where we had like a donation thing. It was the uh, the X was the symbol with the O through it, I think. Uh, something like that. Yeah, I think it was just an X. Um, but that was a little while ago, and then like it kind of died off, man. Which is weird, right? I don't know if if Passion City was still doing that, but. I found it to be a little weird. Anyway, sorry, we're getting off off topic. Uh, Dead reckoning. <laughs> where where were we? <laughs> Did we even talk about the opening of this movie with the submarine? We have not. We're just getting there. <laughs> okay. But, um. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I thought the opening of the movie was a bit convenient. How the ship got attacked uh, by themselves, uh, by the AI, obviously, and how the all the sailors mainly the ones with the uh nuclear security keys just yeah. happened to all float up to the top and the people were able to it was convenient it was like, yeah very convenient they weren't stored in a safe and very convenient that they didn't fall off in the explosion and the float up to the uh -huh. top and every uh -huh. you know what i mean it's just like okay, okay. I, I thought, understand there's a suspension of the disbelief, but come yeah, on. it was pretty convenient. That, do, do do a bit better than that. Yeah, because if that if that hadn't happened, the movie couldn't happen because no one knew it's where like, the sub was. Well, okay, hold it, on. They could have well, easily no. They could have easily been like the keys are kept in this safe or whatnot. Yeah, and because of the explosion, the safe gets dislodged and it you know floats up. Well, to the it's top still it's still a problem ultimately because. Someone had to know where they were. Okay, so I have to jump ahead a little bit, right? But the idea was is that no one really knew where this sub was. Gabriel's right. like whole reasoning for uh, what he does at the very end of the movie um, is because he doesn't think anyone else knows where it is. But then it turns out that there are quite a few people who do, which really does make more sense Um because you have to imagine that no a like no government would send out this incredibly advanced sub without being able to keep track of it. Um I I'll, I'll say this, I like the scene in and of itself. I think it's really interesting. I think it it it's got kind of an interesting premise to other things that happen in the movie. So this idea that uh, 
this thing was like learning and trying and essentially like messing with the people on board to try to figure out like what it could do and how it could mess with people and it's got kind of a spooky nature to it um i thought all of that was really really good but you're right there's a lot of stuff in it that starts to fall apart after that because pretty sure we have a scene it's either because there's a scene with ethan and a random agent that we don't ever see again but I think that's, is that after, oh shoot, dude, this is the problem. There's a lot of stuff that happens uh, pretty early on. Yeah. Um, and my, my, oh, man, I had to, I already then forgot about that agent. Yeah. He, it's because it, it's the, is that what happens or is that, Which yeah, maybe that's talking about like, so the he's, he, the delivery guy comes in and you think it's just a delivery guy. And then it turns out that he's like being tested to join. Oh yes. The IMF. Yep. The pizza guy. That's why I was calling him in my head. Yeah, and Ethan Hunt comes out of the shadows, and they have like this kind of weird interaction. And I'm like, this is the way that you wanted to portray him training people. And I know that they were kind of trying to go for a lighthearted thing, uh, which again, I I think that it's kind of fifty fifty in this whether the jokes landed or not. Um, yeah. And maybe that comes down to a personal thing. Uh, this didn't really do it for me. Um, mm-hmm. And anyway, he gets the message that uh, Elsa, who has been in the previous two movies, um, has once again gone rogue. And got uh, herself in trouble. Yeah. Wrote, wrote. Uh, and she's got half of the key. I don't know if we ever... I think there might be a throw line, uh, a throwaway line in the movie about why she did it. But to be honest, it was, again, it was so throwaway, I don't remember what her reasoning was. Um, anyway, it's it pushes the story forward because, you know, Ethan has feelings for Elsa. Um, I And he goes to find her in the desert. Mm-hmm. They go through that whole situation and you think she's dead. Um, and then... Well, you thought she was dead. Sure. Uh, and then... They go to another scene where you have a bunch of bureaucrats sitting in an office talking about this AI. So they're trying to do a lot at the very beginning of this, and we haven't hit the 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 title sequence yet. Right. And I, I don't think it was totally necessary. Um, this is kind of one of those places where I thought the pacing didn't work very well because... All of those scenes, for the most part, are very detached from each other. Um, I'm still, you know, when that when they're going through all that other stuff, I'm still back on the sub trying to figure out what was going on. I was like, okay, so there's some sort of AI. And I was like, wait, was there something there? And it was just tricking them. And then you're like, but wait, was maybe there wasn't anything there? And then, of course, they eventually tell you, they straight up tell you, which I know was one of your com- your big complaints about it, is that there are a lot of instances where instead of having smarter writing, they just tell you what was going on uh, in yep. a lot of scenes. And that one is a is a pretty egregious, where it's all the bureaucrats <laughs> are just like, da, 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 and you're, and I, I was just like, oh, man. Um, like, guys, there's things that we can infer from what's going on as yeah. the audience. And you have um, you have a uh, interesting, or like a guy walks into the room, and 
you're like, okay, well, this guy's acting suspicious. And, of course, it's very clear <laughs> that something is off about him. Um, yeah. And, and they uh, keep, like, honing in on him yeah, over, oh, and over Yeah, the camera over keeps again. keeps coming back to him. Like, it's like, y'all, we, we it? get What's it. it gonna do? Yeah, we get it. There's something going on there. And then, of course, it turns out it's Ethan. And I think that's after that whole scene is when we finally get uh, the the – uh, the, golly, uh, the title, title the title sequence. Thank you. And um, yeah, man. I mean, it just uh, it wasn't a big, big fan of that opening. It's um, like I, I, I think there was a good idea to be had there. Agreed. Right, but I don't think that was the best way to go about it. Yeah, and it, it you could have reduced it down a bit more, and maybe put it more so after the title sequence in act one uh, rather than all of that right then. Cause that's a lot to keep up with, uh-huh. especially on a first time viewing. I mean, yeah. I, I left the movie and I was like, I want to go back and see this so I can process it some more. <laughs> the, you know what I mean? The thing about it though, is that when you, when you kind of break it down, it's not complicated because the plot is complicated. It's complicated because of the way that everything is revealed to you. Yep, and, and the way that they yep. go, the structure of the movie is what makes it complicated, not the actual plot, uh, which I think is yeah. a problem. Um, I, it's really funny. I I, I remember uh, a couple times there was a guy that I I worked with last year, who um, we would talk about movies occasionally, and he would always do this thing where he'd be like, "Oh, I like complicated movies," and I was like, "Well, that's an interesting way of phrasing that." I, and I was like, okay, and he would kind of talk about certain movies, and I was like, well, I don't know if those are in and of themselves complicated as much as they are the way that everything is orchestrated is complicated, and ultimately it's just kind of stupid. Now, I don't, I I go back and forth with some of the stuff in Dead Reckoning, um, whether it's whatever or kind of stupid. Um, yeah. I think that they wrote themselves into a corner with the AI being where it was at the beginning of this, right? Yes. Um, if if this had been something where they ha- the AI had just, you know, they're racing against the clock before this thing essentially has the ability to, you know, dive into government computers and do what it was doing with the submarine. And if, if we were talking before all of that and, and it's a race against time, I think I would be on board a little bit more, but the problem is, is that in that scene where all of those governments are talking, the the uh, the guy who was in the first movie, I'm pretty sure he was the one who was who was telling everybody this. Um, his name, the leader. Slip, yeah, his name slipped in my mind. Yeah. Um, Kirk, he, Kirk something. Yeah, um, Kirk or something. Like he uh, he basically tells everyone that's like, well, it's already uh, been through all of the world the governments of the world, all of their uh, computers and information and all that. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> it's why, like, aren't y'all, why aren't y'all dead? Yeah. Like, why yeah. It just, and their excuse was it just went dark. Yeah. It's That's like, what well, they said. Uh, it learned everything and then just stopped. Yeah. Oh, it's like, and okay, it's why? Like, what's its motive? And that's, that's kind of the problem. And I know technically Mexican thinks that it's a, um, like a red herring. And so mm-hmm. the entity is not actually this like all powerful AI, but there's somebody behind it. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I, 
I, I think that's an interesting idea. It, I, I don't know if it's actually true. Yeah. Um, this, I would say, I hope that it is true because this movie seemed very generic type of uh, spy film, so to say. Yeah. It's, and I think maybe if part two releases, that will make me like part one more. You know what I mean? Maybe it's one of those things that ends up happening where part two comes out and you're like, okay, all right, now all of this makes sense. But I guess without having the complete picture, I mean, uh, I, I just don't think it's going to be red herring, but I'm hoping it is. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to resolve the, the entity plot line. Um, but you know, who would your go ahead? I was I was gonna say this real quick. Just speaking of the entity, because this came up today when I was listening to No Agenda, um, I found out that there are a lot of people in Hollywood who refer to AI as the entity, uh, which I thought was I went I wish I had had time to to grab that clip. But yeah, I I can't remember that's why Elon's so afraid of. It. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, but I thought that was really interesting because this movie would have been filmed um, and written over the last few years. And so the lingo of calling the this like AI the entity is something that comes straight out of that world. Mm. That they call it the entity. Uh, and I was like, oh, all the right. Dog whistle. Interesting. Yeah, uh-huh. Maybe dog so, yeah. The there, yeah, there's something, there's something to that. Um doesn't really add to the movie necessarily, but I, I thought yeah. that was interesting. Um, what were you going to ask me, though? Who was your favorite character in the movie? Um, my favorite character or my favorite... I was trying to make a joke, but it just didn't work out. Um, I, I, I told Justin, uh, friend of the show Justin, uh, when we got out of the movie theater, that if Haley Atwell was in a movie where she was just doing paperwork for two hours, uh, I'd probably give it a 10 out of 10. Um, but that's not really fair because it doesn't have anything to do with her character in the movie. Um, I, uh, hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know if anybody from a character perspective really stood out to me in this one. Because that's so... Fallout's ruined my ability to, to be objective about this. Um, my favorite character. Yeah, boy. I don't know. That I, I can tell you mine. Who? Mine is, uh, in one minute, I'll be able to tell you actually less than that. In about five seconds, once I get to her, uh, I'm looking on IMDb right now. So Paris, that was her name. Palm uh, Clemente. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. Um, I know you're a huge fan of the show. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Paris, the uh, uh, Gabriel's, like, assistant. assistant? Yeah. Yeah, she was there. cool. I really, I, I really enjoy kind of her menacing character. I know there that's, is... Um, that's Mantis from Guardians. Yes, I know. I told uh, my wife that, and she was like, oh, that's where I know her from. I'm like, yep. <laughs> if I enjoyed seeing that range from her. Uh in this movie and I think she's a good actress too like I mean obviously she's good as Mantis and yeah. Guardians this is only this kind of this is a very yeah and she doesn't talk a whole lot in it uh, I think all of her dialogue is in French just about um, that kind of like psych, psychotic but controlled uh, assassin uh, and I I enjoyed that character for her I think she pulled it off 
And I don't yeah. think there was anything egregious that I saw where it was like, I think they set up her up to, you know, her background that she's a skilled fighter and she can take on people. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah, she was all right. Uh, I can't really complain about her. I mean, I uh, there are things that I liked about certain characters. Um, I liked the idea that Gabriel, and I wish they had been able to push this a little bit more. Like he had a bit bigger following of people, uh, but I I do mm-hmm. like the idea of almost a technology cult that worships the AI and believes oh, that it's yeah, like in cool. th- th- that it's infallible that it's te- it's essentially reading the future they do that with him um but you i don't i didn't quite get the feeling from any of the other antagonists that that was the case they were just kind of following him and and you're supposed to kind of just believe that they're in the same boat but there aren't that many of them Uh, they didn't really give a good reason why uh you can correct me if i'm wrong i don't think they gave a good reason why Gabriel was getting being followed by them, and again, and I don't remember Mission Impossible one, so I can't remember really. He's Gabriel. not in it. That's oh, that's okay. so the whole Gabriel thing is a complete recontextualization of the series. Okay, because everything that they talked about as far as Ethan's past allegedly happens before the first movie, and okay. I'm not a fan. I don't think you need to do stuff like that. You just introduce Gabriel, have him be someone that, you know, they they could have tied him into the apostles from uh, Fallout or, man, if they had really been on their game with this movie and what I wish they, they would have done was just brought Henry Cavill back as the villain again. <laughs> that would have been awesome. Um, because they were, you know, I was listening to some other people talk about it and I had, I sort of remembered what happens to to Cavill at the end of Fallout, um, but the way that it was described, I was like, "Oh yeah, they couldn't bring him back." Well, after I watched it, I was like, "There's enough doubt. It's it's like enough." And these movies are sort of outside of the realm of reality just enough. And I don't think people really would have cared one way or the other um, if the movie is like going on right and it's right. like oh there's this this cult that is is popping up and they're worshiping this ai that um is seemingly able to do a lot of these things and we're really worried about it right and so ethan and his team else is there from the beginning there's not you know they're not doing this whole thing where she's like running off like there there's all those those pieces at the beginning she's right there that's just kind of yeah it's it's ah um but they, they, it's a little bit of a tighter opening, and, and the whole thing is like, all right, what's up with this cult? What's up with this cult? And then let's say halfway through the movie, you get Henry Cavill. He's got half of his face burned, and he just like comes out of the shadows. Dude, I would have lost it. <laughs> and and this is the thing is like, I again, I don't really mind this movie, but I, there's something that's kind of happened in Hollywood, and it's kind of you had mentioned this before, but there's this this lack of fan service at this point. And I don't mean Japanese anime fan service. I mean like doing things where you're paying attention to what's been going on with fans over, like since fallout came out and that everyone's like, or these people go, Oh man, they really liked Henry Cavill. Can we get him back? And then doing something that's uh, this like, Whoa, Oh my gosh, they brought Cavill back. Like, Oh, he's going to be the villain in this. And, and just moving forward with that. Like I, um, 
I think that would have been significantly better. And just that bit of fan service would have been excellent. No, I agree. I agree. What do you think about Grace's introduction into the series? Uh, I, before you answer that, I think (laughs) from how they introduced her, I think they're setting her up, and maybe I I end up being wrong, but I'm wondering if they're going to try and set her up to carry on the franchise after time. I kind of had this feeling that was the case. And again, I like Haley Atwell. I was not convinced that that could happen. I'm right there with you. I was going to say, I don't think that's the route to go. She's not the same kind of physical actor as he is. And this is this is a problem with what they're trying to do with a lot of these franchises. They think they have these good ideas. Um, and again, I, I think Haley Atwell is a good actress. I think when the material is good, if she's got a well-written character that she's portraying or whatever the case may be, like I, I think she does a good job. Um, and, you know, they could have trained her, I think, a little bit... Um, but she's not Elsa. I mean, there's, there. it's one of those things that you've had Elsa through these movies, and when she was introduced, I mean, she was constantly doing, like, crazy acrobatics yep. um, and, and stuff that was like, whoa, this is, oh, all right, yeah. Like, she really, she's incredibly competent. Um, Grace is kind of just in the movie. Everything is kind of happening around her. Um, yeah, you know, it's we, kinda, I, was, I was surprised that, and again, spoiler, so if you don't want to hear what I'm about to say about <laughs> Elsa, you know jump forward about five minutes uh but i'm surprised that they killed her off and didn't go with elsa as kind of continuing you know ethan's hunt's legacy i'm assuming if they're set if they're even setting one if if they're even setting grace up to take over after him but that's the impression i got from the film is that oh she's gonna since they i mean we haven't ever had anyone be introduced like spend what 20 30 minutes introducing a character (laughs) into you know uh the imf um grace yeah um so that was the thing really the only thing they set up is that she's a great pit pocketer yeah, which I liked. I liked that that first scene with her in the airport. I thought that was a, a, a pretty good introduction. It was just like everything after that was like, why is she still running away? Like, uh, they spend yeah. they, they spend too much got, time with her. Yeah, um, I uh, the biggest thing for me is like they've been setting up for two movies the relationship with Ethan and Elsa, um. And at the end of Fallout, it really does... And this is something else that I kind of thought... Like, I always thought Fallout would probably be the last one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they don't want to leave money on the table. I do get that. But they finally kind of got a happy ending for this to come out and for them to be like, no, nah, we're not doing that anymore, pretty much. And she, like, Elsa... All of the character development that Elsa has over the the previous two movies is just like pretty much wiped out in this one so that she can have a stupid knife fight and die. Yeah. And I was just like, it was, it didn't feel earned in any way. Um, felt kind of like a, we don't know what else to do with her character, so let's end it here. It didn't seem, yeah. like as you said, earned and natural. And uh, yeah, I don't, know. I don't like I like the character of Grace. I don't like the fact that they 
I get the impression that they're trying to set her up to take over from Ethan. I don't yep. like how they yeah, utilize yeah. Elsa in this. Um, and but you know, I, I actually did enjoy the fact that you know, at the end there, the train sequence where they are, or Ethan's like, "I'm gonna go get Gabriel. You handle the train in the front." And how she can't figure it out yeah. when he's like, you'll just figure it out. I actually think that made sense to her character because she's, you know, still new. She doesn't know what she's doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, it would have been the only reason I would slightly disagree is for the sake of like her accomplishing something. Right. <laughs> you know, like he. Well, then she what, if, if this. Feedback. Yeah, but I don't. It makes sense with her character. Yeah, I don't know. There, what I'm trying to get at is that like she doesn't really have a lot of development in this. Every again, everything's kind yep. of forced on her, and then she makes a decision, kind of because she doesn't have another choice. You know what I mean? I, she could have walked away. The choice of uh, uh, well, that's what I was about to say to where she could have walked away, and the hundred million times she's at, is he yeah. here to help me? Is he not? But is, they already you know, said run around in circles. Yeah, they already said like. We'll just find you. Like you, you can run away, but it, you don't really have a choice except to do this now. Um, right. And so, it, and it kind of that that part kind of makes sense because now it's like all these other governments are going to be coming after you, um, right? As well. So, I don't know, man. Um, I not I just again I, with most of the characters in this, I'm just not super impressed. Um, you know, they brought the White Widow back, who I've I liked um, in Fallout. Mm-hmm. And she, to be honest, they sort of, I, I wouldn't call it character assassination, but you know, she's supposed to be this very smart, very well organized uh, broker, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a very competent woman. And in this, she kind of gets just thrown under the bus a bunch. Like she's there, and it's like they brought her back because she was a recognizable face from the the previous movie. But her role could have pretty much been taken over by I think anyone, and it it wouldn't have changed anything. Yeah. Um. I didn't think they utilized her very well. Um. I do like Ving Rhames in this. I like him in all the movies, though. I I he's it's just kind of fun to see him. He's literally been in every single one of them. Um, yep. And for him to be I around it was that a long, bit odd how like. He was there, and then he just had a hard exit. Yeah, <laughs> exit yeah. here to the left or now. And it was yeah, it's funny because that um, yeah, it made me worried. I was like, does he have? Is this like a COVID thing? Like <laughs> you know, because it was filmed then, or is this like? No, I think it know, just something he, with his health, or is this just how they this... just rode him out of the rest of the story so that they didn't have as many characters to work with at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it was like, oh, it just would have been one other character to keep up with in this final action scene, you know, this big set piece. And um, he was basically like, I have to go into hiding. He literally pulls like a Thor in um, Age of Ultron. You remember how like Thor, did, and it's a little bit different because I think Thor comes back at some point. But it's kind of a similar thing where he's like, I have to go away and you won't see me for a while. And so... It's basically like, we'll see, he's like, he might as well have looked at the screen and been like, see you guys in Dead Reckoning Part 2, and then walked off. <laughs> uh, something like that. So, But I, I like him in this. Um, I, I like that uh, he's got that really, really close friendship with Ethan at this point, um, that they're more than just co-workers, if you will, um, because they've been through so much together. I think that they um, at least have that 
Um, Simon Pegg is back doing Simon Pegg things. Uh, you know, I don't really care one one way or the other. Like, I'm pretty neutral on him. Mm-hmm. Um, that was what really. What do you think of that of the action sequences in this movie? Um, they're pretty good. I, I think the I, so I, I think I the series were... has had better, but I, I I don't I don't really have an issue with them. I the whole um big jump at the end that was in the trailers uh-huh. is fine. Uh, it it doesn't really land how they presented it in the trailers. Yeah, um, yep. it looked a little fake too. I know they said that he actually did that, but it looks like they went back over with a lot of uh, CG. Uh, to fill stuff in, but I, I'm not completely sure. I think I'm gonna end up seeing this again at some point, so I'll have to try to pay attention a little bit more to stuff like that. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't mind any of. Going to see it again. As far as the action is concerned, like I found it to be really entertaining. Um, I enjoyed. I, I completely agree, and I enjoyed how, especially in the train sequence, and really kind of throughout, they do a good job, especially in the train sequence of like one suspenseful item building on top of the other. It's not like you just have this one uh, kind of catastrophe that's about to happen. They There are multiple levels of uh, drama going on in, sus- in suspension, tension. Uh, oh, now the train's off the rack. Well, Gabriel's loose, and his assassins are on board, and you know there's multiple things that they have to handle uh, in, in one go. And then it's, yeah. you know, the cart... You know, he blows up the bridge, and then, you know, the train, uh, they have to stop the train, and now it's off the tracks, and it's like, uh, you know, crashing one car at a time. And then, especially the kitchen one, where they have to balance, like, climbing back up, but, well, now they have to get through all the utensils falling, the grease is, has, the grease has been boiling, so it's falling as well. Yeah. And then they get to the, the, uh, the one with the piano in it. I thought that was... Uh-huh. Yeah, the train stuff, and again, it's fun. I mean, it's one of those things that's like, it's nothing, it's kind of nothing new, because it's very similar to something that happens in Uncharted 2. Uh, Like the opening of that, there's a a train that's doing almost the exact same thing, and you have to hop your way out of it before it like falls off a cliff. Um, But yeah, I mean, enjoyable. I, I think the part where they're on the train and they go into the kitchen, um that was pretty entertaining because I kept going like, oh, because there's like the hot grease everywhere and yeah. or the hot oil and you're like, oh, shoot, yeah, oh, uh. Um, but at the same time, I'm... Uh, I, this, I was like, that would, that would have been a hard one to get mm-hmm. to get by. This, uh, again, this movie kind of falls into that place with Ghost Protocol uh, and uh, Rogue Nation where they're all about equal to me and like I said Rogue Nation might skirt out the other two just a little bit so Dead Reckoning probably falls pretty much in the center mm-hmm. um, as far as the franchise is concerned um, yeah it's probably like a 6.5 or so um, I, you know I mentioned on Technically Mexican Stream I was like I'd still tell people to go see it um, yeah it's a good popcorn flick yeah. I think it's worthy of your money in the in the movie theater like it's not a yeah it's fun bad movie it's a fun movie yeah you'll have it's it's a it's a a, a a roller coaster ride for the most part um and if you liked the other ones you'll probably like this one too it's kind of what it comes yeah. down to um yeah i think uh for the most part people will enjoy this movie 
Um, I don't know, man. You got anything else? No, I think that's, a, I think that's about stuff? it for me. I'm trying to remember if there was anything that we forgot. Oh, there always is. There always is. You know, I don't have the movie sitting right in front of me, so it's hard to really like go yeah. go through it. Um, and there was a lot to digest, not because, again, like that it was complicated, but because there was a lot that they put in it. Hey, at least the uh, the, the sound was good in this. I know it's a weird thing to talk about, but there's been a really bad problem over the last few years with sound mixing in movies. Um, yeah. Tenet was notorious for that. <clears throat> uh, Across the Spider-Verse had uh, some pretty bad sound mixing um, that they fixed. To give them credit, they did they they did fix it, but at the same time, it's like, why didn't you guys catch this before you put it out? It's like no one watched it in a theater and was like, huh, it's a little quiet in certain Ooh. places. <laughs> like, I don't think it's supposed to be like that. Um, I enjoyed the fight scene between Tom Cruise and Paris and Gabriel's other henchmen. Oh, when they're the, in the uh, little, like, yeah, yeah. In the alleyway, the uh-huh. cinematography in that. Oh, man, that was it's pretty cool. superb. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the a lot that of the was, camera work in this a, is good. A, a, a good, that was a good scene. That's probably my favorite scene on the entire movie. Mm, okay. And I like too, like how he spares her life, and then at the end, they uh, well, Gabriel's like, I have to terminate you because you're going to betray us because he spared your life. Yeah, and um, it, I thought that was kind of an interesting see. And that's the thing is Gabriel, uh, Gabriel. I don't know if I would call him my favorite. I did think he was very interesting. Um, and it was an right. interesting idea that I don't think that they fully committed to. Yep. Um, I agree with that. I did think it was a bit, you know, much when she, when Paris is the one that saves Tom Cruise and Gray or Ethan and Grace um, from when the, the train's about to fall. Uh, oh yeah, especially yeah. She just had the stab wound, and obviously it was a stretch. She's a small lady. She's a small lady. There's a di- difference in being able to use her speed and agility in fights and stuff like that. People who've never been in a fight, you get kneed by a woman, it doesn't matter. It still freaking <laughs> hurts. Like, like yeah. Obviously, I'd rather be kneed by my wife than kneed by John Jones, hands down. But it's but still still a hurts. Yeah. And especially with one that's trained and knows what what she's doing. I mean, yeah. Uh, but the the pulling both of them up after, especially after she had the staff room, I'm like, oh, yeah. that's a bit that's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, but there's a there's a scene similar to that in. You uh, probably you could probably have paid that set up off in the prior <laughs> scenes in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a scene like that in Ghost Protocol. Like I. But I'm sorry, I, it's, I think how they could have handled it better is if, like, Grace was trying to pull him up, but she couldn't do it by herself, and then she comes and helps him. Does that make sense? Uh, maybe. Like, if somehow Grace would have made it to the top, and she's having to save Tom, oh, but and, I don't know. And then but she, she got ha- injured or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then she's trying to pull well, him up, and then Paris comes and helps. But anyway, you're talking about Ghost Protocol right, and a scene like that. Yeah, it's something really similar where Tom Cruise misses the jump and, um, oh my gosh, his name is slipping my mind, Hawkeye. <laughs> Jeremy Renner. Um, yeah. He uh, he grabs Tom Cruise 
but he's not like hanging out of the building, you know. He's still pretty much in there. And then, um, she's only in the one movie, and I can't remember her name. But the the lady agent grabs, um, Jeremy Renner's ankle and is like, you know, <laughs> weighing him down like in there. And so at the very least, like you could be like, okay, that she's just adding her weight. If she's not not being helpful in that situation, it's not as if. Jeremy Renner and Tom Cruise are outside the window and this one woman is trying to pull the two of them back inside. Um, so that's like the difference really is that one, you're like, okay, yeah, that's that's pretty believable that Jeremy Renner's kind of got him, but he his weight might not be enough. So you would want to add that extra bit of weight on there uh, in order to try to uh, get Tom Cruise back inside or Ethan. Um, but yeah, I... Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I you know, I'd, I'd still recommend it despite the criticism of it. I, I, I don't think most people are going to be uh, quite as hard on the movie um, as we are. Yeah, uh, it but does. That's what we exist for, you know, to break sure. it down, like try and be as, uh, try to approach it as objectively as possible. You know. Yeah. Um. You know, the movie does rely heavily on what comes next, though. Like if they don't. Yep. If this thing does not have a, a smooth landing on uh, in the sequel, it's gonna be a bit of a problem, and you're it's potentially yeah, it potentially it ha- okay, so it has the potential to elevate this movie a little bit more. I wouldn't say a lot, but some, uh, or the opposite effect as well, where this movie retroactively is a little bit worse because they couldn't quite land it because then it's like well why am i gonna watch part one if part two is terrible you know what i mean exactly so we'll see man i mean i i don't know when we'll have to keep an eye out for when they we actually get a release date i get it really does depend on all of the uh stuff going on with the unions yeah i imagine that will probably get resolved here in the next week or two that's what everybody keeps saying uh, but i'm just not convinced We'll see. They they don't seem like they're really happy with what's going on, and Hollywood doesn't seem like they're budging right now. I, I whenever I pr- pocketbooks are hurting bad enough is when it'll get resolved. Yep. One way or I've the other. I've heard that at least as far as when it comes to the writers, that Hollywood, according to Chris Gore, with the with Film Threat, he was saying that the reason why, according to some of his sources, and he's an insider, that the Hollywood production companies are trying to weed out the bad writers, you know, that we keep referring to. Um, but we'll mm, see. Okay. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, now man. Now that the actors are involved, I think that's going to be a whole different ball game. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's end it here. What are we going to be reviewing next week, David? Do you know we're going to be reviewing definitely Barbie? Uh, I'm going to go see that. Wait, is, uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer out this weekend. Yep. Oh, yep. dude. <laughs> um, I'm going to see Barbie because I'm a big. I like Brian Gosling. We'll talk about it. I'm not going to make any promises. I right don't now. know. I don't know if I can sit through a three hour, another three hour Christopher Nolan film. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, coward. <laughs> Do it, coward. No, nah, I can't. My wife really wants to go see the Barbie movie, and she's been going to all the past 100,000 with me. So. <laughs> she wins out this time. 
dude, she made you go see The Little Mermaid. Oh, that is true. Scuttlebud. Dude, I don't remind me, David. Um, if you guys haven't watched it, uh, your movie sucks. Put out a review of The Little Mermaid, and it's wonderful. Yeah, Little Mermaid makes this movie look like a complete masterpiece. It does, yeah. I agree. Um, and all I've seen is a 30-minute review. And Mission Impossible. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys so much for joining us for this week's episode of The Underground. We will be back next week with more entertainment deconstruction and news and so on and so forth. Um, but until then, y'all take it easy. See ya. Uh-oh, something happened.